You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. We continue our journey of examining the events that happened in the life of the Prophet Previously, we've examined Khaybar and some events that happened at Khaybar and after Khaybar. In our discussion today, we will begin by examining a very important point here. And we begin by asking this question, is it permissible to lie to salvage your property? to salvage your money. In answering this question, let us examine the story of Al-Hajjaj Ibn Allat As-Silmi. So Ibn Ishaq and others have reported that a man by this name, Al-Hajjaj Ibn Allat As-Silmi, was present in Khaybar. He became Muslim when he saw the light of Islam and the impeccable character of the Prophet He was truly touched by the Prophet. So he becomes Muslim. Now this man Al-Hajjaj, he had some business dealings with the Meccans and some of his money was there. He wanted to come up with a way to claim his money, especially now that he became a Muslim. Meccans would not give Muslims their money. You know, if you were a Muslim, you converted to Islam, they would take your property, they would confiscate your money. So he wanted to come up with a way to salvage his money. So he got permission from the Prophet ﷺ to go to Mecca and to come up with a scheme to salvage his money. Ya Rasulullah, am I allowed to do that? The Prophet gives him permission. He says, yes, go find a way to salvage your money. So what does Al-Hajjaj do? He arrives Mecca, he notices Quraysh are gathered, and they're awaiting the news of Khaybar, right? Allah gave victory to the Prophet at Khaybar, but the pagans of Quraysh, they don't know yet. Since Hajjaj came from Khaybar, they encircled his camel and they asked him, tell us what happened at Khaybar? He said to them, look, Muhammad has severed, has uh, suffered a loss. He has suffered a severe loss. You've never heard of such a loss before. His companions have been killed or captured. They've been taken as prisoners of war. And he, Muhammad, has been captured by the Jews and they intend to bring him to Mecca and execute him before you Meccans. Now the Meccans, because they hated the Prophet so much, they became ecstatic, jubilant, joyful. They couldn't believe it. But it seemed plausible to them because Khaybar was known to be invincible. Who could achieve victory over the fort of Khaybar? Now among those who, li- who was listening to the news was Al-Abbas, Ibn Abdul Muttalib, the uncle of the Prophet he was shocked according to these reports. He could not move when he heard the news. Is it possible? My nephew has been defeated. Then Hajjaj tells them, here's his scheme. He's like, please give me my dues, my money. You know, he had business with them. So basically they had to pay him his money. He told them, give me my money as early as possible, as soon as possible, so I can be among the first to go back to Khaybar and buy the spoils of war and buy a few slaves from the companions of Muhammad. I'm going to buy them as slaves. 
Because they got so happy, they quickly gave him the money that they owed him. He also had money with his wife, he took it from her. Abbas wasn't convinced of this news because Abbas knows Allah will support his prophet. So Abbas sends his slave to inquire about this. Al-Hajjaj secretly tells the slave of Al-Abbas the real news. He's like, no, Allah gave victory to Muhammad. I said that in order to get my money. And Al-Hajjaj tells the slave, go and tell Abbas, your master, to inform the Meccans three days after my departure of the real news. Abbas becomes so happy to know that this was fake news, that the Prophet has been defeated. He becomes so happy, he frees his slave. Three days later, Abbas comes to the Kaaba. He's wearing his best clothes. The pagans were puzzled. They tell him, Abbas, you should be mourning. Your nephew has been defeated. Why are you jubilant? You're wearing like Eid clothes, right? Like clothes of celebration. He tells them, no, I'm extremely happy. And the real news is that Allah gave victory to his prophet. So the Meccans realized they were duped and deceived and fooled by Hajjaj. So now we have a few observations here. Brothers and sisters, is it justified to lie to claim your property? What do you say? Let me hear a few quick responses from you. If your money is taken by enemies and you have to lie to get your money back, is it permissible to do that or no? What do you say? That, that is correct. Islamically, although the default is that lying is haram and it's a major, major sin, there are exceptions. So lying is haram, but there are some exceptions. I'll mention some exceptions to you. One of them, if you lie to reconcile between two people, two brothers are basically going to war with each other. They don't talk to each other. There's tension between them. So you go to one of them and you tell him, you know, please, let's overcome these challenges. Let's forget about the differences. He's your brother at the end of the day. He loves you. He respects you. Now, you know, he probably doesn't really love him and respect him, but you're saying that to reconcile. Or he says, no, this person I've heard he talks about me. He says, no, don't believe that. He doesn't talk about you. So lying in order to save the relationship between brothers and sisters in the community is actually permissible because it's serving a good purpose. But you have to be wise also. Some people say, okay, now that I can lie, I will go to my friend and, I, and, I, and I'll tell him, you know that friend that you have a problem with? Wallah, he praises you day and night. Wallah, the other day he gave a speech and he praised you. I mean, don't lie like that flagrant lie that's going to be easily exposed. No, no, be be creative at least, be wise. But the idea is you can hide some bitter truth when you are reconciling between people because Allah loves reconciliation to the point that He's allowed lying. If lying brings two people together, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is okay with that. That's one exception. The second exception is to protect yourself and others from danger, right? 
If you're going to save your life, your wife's life, your children's life, your parents' life, any other believer's life, of course, you have to lie there to protect them from danger. Number three, to salvage your property. That's also an exception. So lying is haram because it causes damage. But if lying is not causing damage, then you, sh you can lie. Especially if it's a serious situation like getting killed or danger, you actually have to lie. So that's the first observation here. Some people say, how did the Prophet give him permission to go and come up with a scheme? Well, he was justified in lying, this man Al-Hajjaj, because he wanted to salvage his property. That's the first observation. The second observation, scholars have said, generally, you're, you can lie if Tawriya is not possible. So if you have to lie to save your property, at least do what's called Tawriya. Tawriya is basically not technically a lie. It's not technically a lie, but it gives another impression or meaning. So in the example that we have in the hadith, the Imam was asked, someone knocks at your door, your wife opens the door, and she answers the door, and they tell her, is your husband here? Now your husband, for whatever reason, does not want them to know that you're in the house, right? Maybe to avoid an uncomfortable situation or whatever it is. So she looks at the room, she points to an empty room and she says, he is not here. Now she didn't lie, he's literally not there. Technically he's not in the room. But what they understand from her statement is that he's not in the house, so they leave. The imam says, yeah, that's permissible. That's justified because it's not technically lying. So scholars have said, if you have to lie to salvage your property, at least do tawriya, right? So you're not technically lying. Now, either Hajjaj lied to salvage his property, and we said that's an exception, or maybe he did some, term of, some sort of tawriya to reclaim his money. We don't know exactly what his tawriya was. Having said that, having said that, we say the following, yes. Prophets and Imams and very high-ranking believers normally don't do that. Even though it's allowed, but they don't do that. Especially when it comes to personal matters. Especially when it comes to personal issues. So even though it's permissible in Allah's law to lie, to salvage and protect your property, but high-ranking believers, prophets, Imams generally would not do that. But at the end of the day, if you have to protect your property, protect your money, reclaim your money. Yes, you can lie in order to do that. That's an exception because that's your right and you want it back.